Hey, Deadpool family, it is always a joy to bring the word of the Lord to you. And uh, I've just been enjoying just hearing and seeing and reading all the testimonies of people that have been encountering God in a powerful way as we've been doing this thing called Church on Zoom. If you are just watching this on Facebook or on YouTube or any different platform, can I encourage you to sign up and be a part of Church on Zoom? It's an incredible way of doing community and I'm just seeing God doing incredible things as we're coming together as the church. Well, last week and over the last few weeks rather, We've been looking at a few principles from the Old Covenant, from the Old Testament. And we've sort of established this whole understanding that the Old Testament, uh, yes, it is a book of laws, but it's also a book of principles that are close to the heart of God. In fact, I'm, I preached a message called The Rule of Thirds, and I also preached a, prin- uh, a message called the Principles in a Plague. Uh, this is sort of an add-up on it. Uh, and, and it sort of starts with, in the book, in the book of Luke, Jesus is on a, on a journey and a young, the Bible actually says a young leader. So we do not know, was he a businessman? Was he just a leader in life? Was he just aspiring? Comes up to him and says, what do I do to gain eternal life? And Jesus says this in Luke 10, 20, 27. He says, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul and with all your strength. We ask the question, where did Jesus get that from? You know, the thing about Jesus was Jesus did not just make up stuff as he went. Jesus did not come to break the law. In fact, he said that he said he came to fulfill the law. He was a fulfillment of the Old Testament. If, you, if you're ever reading the Bible, if you're, especially the, the Old Testament, and if you're ever confused, always point it back to Jesus and he'll be the answer. He'll be the calm in the chaos. But where did he get it from? He actually got it from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, where Moses is saying his closing speech, one of his closing farewell speeches to the children of Israel. And this is what he says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. Pretty much Moses is saying when in your walking, in your waking, in your sleeping, in your talking. And in fact, it was Jewish culture. You know, we... Um, we would teach our kids today, we teach them nursery rhymes, you know, Baba Black Ship, have you, wait a minute, I can't even say Baba Black Ship because that is racist, Baba, I do not know, neutral colored sheep, how, how many have you any bowl, but they would teach them, love the Lord, they would teach them in song form, love the Lord with all your heart, love the Lord with all your soul, love the Lord with all your strength, and, and if you've been in church circles, I'm sure you've heard this, or you've taught, been taught this, But what does it really mean to fully love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength? I mean, I think that's probably a bit more complex than we realize. It's only over the last few weeks I've been literally been meditating. So one day I was driving and I heard these words in my head with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And I begin to ask, what does that really mean? And I actually begin to study the scripture. And what I want to try and do today is I want to sort of look at and try and define what scripturally this looks like. What is scripturally, what, what is, how does the scripture des- describe our heart? How does the scripture define our soul? How does the scripture define our strength? And then give us three principles from there. So first thing I'm going to do, the first part of this message is I'm going to define these three things. So the first thing I want to talk about is with all your heart. To love with all your heart, to fully love rather with all your heart is to fully trust with all your heart. A couple of weeks ago, I was in my office 
and I heard the Holy Spirit put it on my heart and I heard God say, Alvin, I want you to stop having boundaries in the area of trusting me. And I was like, what does that mean? And I literally felt God pointing, you trust me in this area, you trust me for this, you can trust for miracles, you can trust for the prophetic, you can trust to see um, God do this in a church service. But there are some areas where, and those are the areas that keep you up at night. And all of a sudden I realized that where where my trust stops, my love stops. Or rather, where my trust stops, my love falls. And I think a great question we can ask ourselves this morning is, do I fully, completely trust God? And then I begin to look at the word heart. And I begin to look scripturally because we know there's a principle in the Bible called the principle of first mention. And so I looked at where the word heart comes first. And we find the word in Genesis chapter 6. Six chapters into the creation story, Genesis chapter 6. And it talks about the heart. But here's the thing. It's interesting because the Bible does not just talk about human heart, but it talks about another heart. This is what it says in Genesis 6 verse 5. And every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was evil. All right. But then it goes on to say in verse 6, and God's heart was deeply troubled, which says there's a few things. The first thing it says is, is that we know the first, we know the only people walking around with a heart. We have a God who has a heart. And it makes perfect sense because we've been created in the image of God. And when God created in His image and in His likeness, He gave us a heart. So we have a God who has a heart and we have a heart. The second thing we notice is that evil thoughts don't come in our heads, but evil thoughts can also cripple into our hearts. That's the second thought that I have from there. And the third thought, and this is probably the most prominent one, is the condition of my heart can literally affect the condition of God's heart. I mean, it says every inclination of the human heart was evil and God's heart was troubled. I mean, this is the creator of the universe. This is God Almighty. And my Bible is telling me that I can dictate and influence his heart. Now, it's not because God is not powerful, but it's because he's given us that power. He's entrusted us to determine the pace of his heart. I mean, that just shows the love of God. So that's just defining the heart area, all right? Here's the next next one. With all your soul. Now, when I was studying this, I found our soul, when I compared heart, soul, and strength, our soul to be the most complicated one. I found our soul is complex because here's what I've understood. If I were to ask the question, Uh, how is your heart? I think most people could sort of say, I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling calm. I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling peace. How is your strength? Most people say, I feel healthy or I feel a bit weary. I feel a bit weak. But if I'd ask the question, how's your soul? You'd start thinking. Your mind would start wandering. And I've come to realize that the erosion of the soul is a very gradual process. The erosion or the development of the soul is progressive. And scripturally, when I begin to look up the word soul, The first 10 verses in the Bible all had to do with love the Lord with all your soul. Love the Lord with all your soul. Love the Lord with all your soul. And I begin to ask, why did God have to put that that many times? Probably because our souls needed that much reminding. We read um, the first murder in the Bible that happened between two brothers, Cain and Abel. The Bible says that jealousy crept into the soul of Cain. Jealousy crept into his soul. Here's another scripture, the book of Job. Job chapter 7, verse 11, it says, Therefore I will not restrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain, now check out these words, in the bitterness 
of my soul, in the bitterness of my soul. So you've got Cain who's got jealousy creeping in. You've got Job who's got bitterness in his soul. Now check out what Psalm 35 verse 9 it says, And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. And here's another one, Psalm 42, my soul is thirsty. So we've got four case, we're going to do a case study. We've got one soul that's got jealousy. We've got another soul that's bitter. We've got another soul that is joyful. And we've got that same soul thirsty. You know what that means? Our souls are complicated. In the same soul that thirsts after God, that same soul can fester jealousy. The same soul that is joyful, that same soul can fester bitterness. And I just want to get just for us to think about the power and the influence of our soul. Now, my third thought or my third definition is with all your strength. So love the Lord with all your heart. Love the Lord with all your soul. Love the Lord with all your strength. Now, I begin to ask the question, how do I love the Lord with all my heart? Like, do I worship till it hurts? Like my muscles, love the Lord with all your strength. Do I worship workout? Do I worship Pilates? But like, how do I, how do I, like, like, you know, I, I, I had this example a couple of years back. Lee and I start, got a gym membership. We started working together, working out together. And, and I was doing a few exercises and I was having weird body aches and I discovered muscles in my bodies that I did not know even existed. And I remember this one time Lee saying, I love you so much. And she hugged me and it was just after a workout. So I hugged her and I said, I love you so much that it hurts, <laughs> you know, because just to hug her, just to put my hands around her, it was hurting me. And sometimes we can think that's what God is saying. We can think God is saying, love me until it hurts. But the Greek word used for the word strength is power. In other words, it's influence or position. And I begin to ask the question, how much influence has God given me? How much influence has God given you? Uh, maybe you might have a job. Maybe you might have a role. Maybe you're a boss. Maybe you have a business. We all have different levels of influence. Maybe you're an older brother. Maybe you're an older sister. Maybe you're an older sibling. How much influence do you have? And the question we've got to ask is, do I love God? And do I work in a way that's an act of worship in the influence that he's given me? Another word, Aramaic word for the word strength is wealth. In other words, what is at my disposal? What is at my disposal? Uh, have you ever had a conversation with someone and you're like, like you need, you need help for somebody, right? You're like, I need, I need this favor. I need you to help me with this. You know, I need your help here. And they say these words, I have, doing, I have done everything in my power. What they're saying is I've done everything in my strength. So I've intellectually thought about it. I've emotionally tried to connect with it. I've had conversations about it. I've looked into my bank account for it. I've done everything in my disposal. Now having established or sort of built some sort of definition around heart, soul, and strength, I want to give us three principles that'll help us understand how to love God. Here's the first one. The first one I wanted to call it is the flow of love. The flow of love. Before we understand love or before we begin to love, we've got to understand there's a reason why the scripture begins with love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength, as opposed to love the Lord with all your strength, with all your soul and with all your heart. Are you getting what I'm saying? Whenever the Bible puts certain things in order, there's a reason why it is in, a, in that order. In other words, the Bible is trying to teach us that love flows from the inside. 
Sacrifice must first be revealed on the inside. It must be an inward decision of the heart. Generosity needs to be first birthed on the inside. And, and so, in other words, the biggest, the most significant place where love begins to flow is not my strength, it's not my soul, but my heart. No wonder the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. Guard your heart, for out of it flows your worship, God your heart for out of it flows your devotion. God your heart for out of it flows your connection. God your heart for out of it flows and issues of the issues of life. So if we are having a flow issue, it may be heart related. You know, a lot of times I hear people saying things like, I need to go soul searching. No, your soul needs a leader. You can't be allowing your soul to lead you. Your soul's a great follower, but not a great leader. And a lot of times when people say, so I know that's just a word that we say culturally, but I even wonder how much that's probably allowed us to walk in danger because emotions also live in our soul. And so sometimes people live emotionally, sometimes people lead emotionally, sometimes people think emotionally, but you cannot allow uh, your soul to lead you. You've got to allow your heart to lead you and you've got to understand the condition of your heart. The perfect example of this flow is found in the life of a guy called Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh was the king of Egypt. He had a lot of influence, but did a lack of time. I'm just going to give you a paraphrased version. Things didn't end up so well for him. But the first thing we notice is that the Bible says that Pharaoh's heart was hardened. So we have a heart situation. His heart was hardened. And then it says his soul got disposed. In other words, he started getting attacked. He started vexing the, uh, the, the Israelites. He started saying, who is this God? The arrogance began to breed. His emotions began to rise up. And then it says eventually in a day, he lost his army. In other words, his strength got exhausted. His army was his strength. His, his economy got depleted. That was his strength. So his heart was hardened. hardened. His soul was disposed and his strength got exhausted. Here's what I'm trying to say. Our heart is a bigger deal than we realize. And I love the words of Jesus in Luke 4 where he says, For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. If your heart is broken this morning, I want to encourage you to go come to Jesus because he wants to heal your broken heart. And when he heals your broken heart, that will actually fix, fix the flow of your soul and your strength. Here's my second thought. My second thought is this. My heart, soul, and strength are all constantly shrinking or expanding. My heart, soul, and strength are all constantly shrinking or expanding. What does that mean? Have you ever heard people tell you things like, man, I just need to have a bigger heart for people. Now, do we book an appointment with the doctors, with the surgeon and do a heart transplant and get a bigger heart. That's not what they're saying. They're saying, I need to have a bigger heart. I need to have a bigger sense of love for people. Or, or, or when people say, I just need more emotional intelligence. What they're saying is their minds need to be able to have a bigger capacity. The souls need to have a bigger capacity. Uh, or when people say, I just need to have more favor. I just need to get like maybe this X amount of money. That's talking about strength. So in other words, here's what I'm trying to say. We've got to understand that at every given moment, our hearts, our souls, and our strength is shrinking or expanding. Yeah. And if you're not careful, and if you're constantly looking inward, you become the bearer of an inward and a shrunk heart, soul, and emotion. And I love what Psalm 119, because I like to always confirm what I'm saying with scripture. Psalm 119, 32, check out what it says. I run in the path of your commandments, for you will enlarge my heart. 
David is saying, God, the reason I read my Bible, the reason I get into, my, into your word is because you enlarge my heart. God is the eternal heart enlarger, soul enlarger, strength enlarger. In fact, Paul even says this in the New Covenant, the New Testament in 2 Corinthians 6, 11, He says the generosity of the Corinthians have expanded our hearts expanded our hearts when i begin to think inward i begin to shrink but when i begin to think outward i begin to expand now the third point and i'll, I'll talk about my third point in a moment but when i was sort of because i sort of battle with these thoughts and battle with these demands and when i begin to read the scripture love the law with all your heart okay that's cool all right god i'll give you my heart with all your soul god i'm not sure if i can Give every thought. I'm not sure if I can surrender every thought. I'll try with all your strength. God, are you saying every given moment I need to love you? Like, I begin to think, man, that's like, if, if we can just be, if we can take a neutral position, not loving on God, that's a bit demanding. That's, that's a bit demanding of God. If God's given us free will, that's a bit too much to ask. Like, I can, I can understand him asking that from angels. Like, angels, they're paid to do it. They gotta, you got to worship me. You got to, you know, I, I created you basses. You're playing bass every day, every morning, every night. You know, you got to love me with all your heart. But for humans, to, for, for, for people that he's given free will, he's saying, I need you to, you know, if this needs to work, if this relationship needs to work, you got to love me with all your heart. You got to love me with all your soul. You got to love me with all your strength. And I begin to realize, because if you look at the next words of Jesus says, love the Lord with all your heart. And then he says, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I begin to ask the question, who is my neighbor? Right now in this isolation time, my neighbor most times is my family. My neighbor most times is my wife. My neighbor, my, my neighbor most times is my kids. Uh, my neighbor no, most times is people I'm doing life with. It could be your spouse, your friend, your child. And I begin to realize that the reason why God gave us this commandment is because God was saying you cannot give what the world demands. You cannot give what your neighbor demands unless you love me this way. In other words, he was saying, come to me so that I can expand your heart. Come to me so that I can expand your soul and expand your emotional bandwidth. Come to me so I can expand your strength because what the world needs from you, you cannot offer. You are the bearer. By default, you're the bearer of a shrinking heart. You're the bearer of a shrinking soul. You're the bearer of, of a body that's going to, as, as you age, you're going to you know, get weary. But come to me. In other words, this is what God was saying. God is not asking us to love him for his sake. God is asking us to love him for ours. And I think when we understand that, all of a sudden it's not a command. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. It's not love me because I, I'm, so, I'm so insecure. It's love me for your sake. Love me because I am the only one that can fill you with what you need to do this thing called love, called life. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then you can actually face this thing called life. I cannot imagine living a life not knowing Jesus. I mean, if, if you guys can take a second right now to think about your lives without Jesus. I mean, with Jesus itself, there's a few ups and downs and there's a few valleys and mountaintop moments. But I always think about people that don't know Jesus. And I know there are people watching that maybe you don't have a relationship with God or maybe you walked away from God. I want you to know this is not a command. We don't just serve a commanding God. We serve a God who's calling us daily into invitation. Come to me, my son. 
Come to me, my child. Come to me, my daughter. And I want to I want to just share with you. And I just want you to know that if you want to say yes to Jesus, there are many ways you can do that. We would love for someone to pray with you. Comment on this. Send us an email. There's different opportunities. But here's what I want us to do. I want us to. Uh, and even talking about the salvation prayer, I love what it says. If you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, again, if you believe with your heart, that affects your soul, that affects your strength. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray and we're going to pray and believe that God's going to show us areas in our life that we, we don't trust Him or we, we sort of run out of trust. I like to put it this way, not where God, I don't trust you. So God, where does my trust run out with you? What are the areas in our lives where our trust runs out on God? And that could be a great revelation of where we've stopped loving God. Why don't we pray? Father, I thank you for each and every person watching. I pray for each and every Zoom group. I pray for each and every window. I pray for each and every individual. I pray for Ash and Petrus. I pray for us us as a family. I just pray for your hand over us. I pray, God, that in these days that we will not force ourselves to love you, but we would embrace this invitation to love you with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our strength. And I pray for every person that's making a decision, that's made a decision or coming back to you. I pray that you would reveal yourself to them in a fresh way. We give you all the glory in your most precious name we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for watching. It's been such a joy to always bring the word. I love that when God's word is spoken, it has such a domino effect. I'm sure there's people in your world that you can share this message with. I'd love for you to do that and let us know what God is doing in your life. God bless you.